This is Bootstrap FM, a show about real life as a small business in the technology industry. We talk transparently about lifestyle, tools, struggles, and successes in small shops like ours. So today we're going to have Andrew Height on the show. Andrew is actually, I was introduced to Andrew by uh, our sales guy, Connor Simpson, um, here in the Limelight office. Um, Andrew's got a couple of different businesses going on. He's involved pretty heavily in the entrepreneurship community. Um, he is working on uh, JRI uh, Just Rip It Golf. He's got a golf apparel company. And he also has a video film production company. Um, so I'm pretty interested to... Um, sit here with him for a couple minutes and and kind of run through some of his experience. Yeah, thanks for having me, Rob. Um, so why don't you give us a little bit of a background on, I know you have a couple of different things going on. You've got uh, Just Rip It Golf, which I know very little bit about, um, kind of a golf apparel company, and then you've mm-hmm. got some other things going on as well. Let's, uh, give us a little intro to, to Just Rip It. Yeah, so uh, Just Rip It Golf was uh, inspiration behind my family and I's uh, entrepreneurship outlook. We uh, born and raised in the golf world. So my dad, Andy Height, he's been a club pro for about 30 years. So he's a PGA class pro and I have two other brothers and we grew up on a golf course. So golf was the thing that we connected with as a family. Family golf trips were planned around golf. Uh, It wasn't about the best beaches. It wasn't about the best weather. It was did they have a good golf course and can we all play? Nice. That's awesome. I just started playing last year. I've my my history with golf is uh, essentially going out and getting plastered on on the course. <laughs> yeah. And we've done a couple of limelight groups out to play, and that's been pretty fun. But last year, um, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, we got married this last weekend, um, we uh, we got kind of pretty – bought a set of clubs and kind of <laughs> went out and started playing pretty often. So it's pretty fun, but awesome. That's super cool. Yeah, so uh, the origin really uh, – we can, we can talk a little bit about kind of my origin story. So I was born and raised in a small town. Kettle Falls, uh, Washington. It's about an hour and a half north of Spokane. And my dad was the golf pro there in uh, Colville. So I watched it go from a nine hole to an 18 hole course. So that's pretty cool. And uh, grew up in an entrepreneur community culture. Uh, My grandparents were entrepreneurs. My parents were entrepreneurs. So I really grew up in this unique uh, way of looking at life from an entrepreneur mindset rather than the traditional employee. So to me, you know, the long hard work hours. That was normal. That's what I grew up with my parents and my grandparents both doing. So we, uh, early on all my brothers and I, we, that was normal. So as we kind of went through school, we, we played multiple sports. We, We were all basically three sport athletes. And, you know, we, early on, we learned how to goal set, learned how to work for something and to accomplish it and what it took to execute, to accomplish your goals. So my parents made sure we understood, you know, if you wanted to be an entrepreneur, you're, there's going to be, you know, stressors that sure. go along with that. There's yeah. going to be long work hours. But I also seen the, the, the really good side, which, you know, is really usually a financial freedom, not as so much as a burden, not so much check to check. And, you know, they could pick up their kids from school if they wanted. They yeah. got to make their own work hours. Yeah. Yes, they put in, you know, 65 hour work weeks, but you know, and you can relate to this probably you, you can go pick up your kids if you want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, um, at limelight, I mean, it takes a long time. I've been doing it for 20 years, but, um, for the longest window of time being solo before I had a family, it was just, you know, working constantly. It was my work and it was my hobby. So I was working, you know, 12, 16 hours a day. It was pretty common. 
um, anymore as I get older. Um, you know, Mike, I have, you know, two kids of my own and then my wife's, her kids as well. So together we have four, um, between eight and 10 mm-hmm. and, um, or eight and 12. I go pick up my kids pretty much every single day. I leave the office at two o'clock and I go do that. So that flexibility is definitely important for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what I wanted. So, uh, everybody always thinks, you know, the trip to success, especially in entrepreneurship is just this rocket ship, right? Just straight up. And we all know that's farthest from the truth. So, uh, I got done with high school, you know, 12 years senior at the same school and knew I was, I wasn't going to stay, loved the community. This was up up north? Yep. Yep. In Kettle. I, I just knew I wanted more out of life. So, uh, went to college, didn't know what I was going to do. Wasn't that great of a student. Right. And, uh, switched, I think majors three times. Nice. Yeah. Finally landed on sociology. And the only reason I landed on that was because I waited till the very last hour to sign up for classes. And the only thing available was a seven thirty AM sociology class. It's the last minute pick. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I don't even know what sociology means. And <laughs> nice. I remember my first intro class there, like it's study of people within a group. And I'm like, Whoa, like, I like that. I like yeah. that idea. So majored in that. And then kind of stumbled upon storytelling. I was, oh, you know, I'm a big gabber. I like to storytell. And I had that entrepreneurship streak in me. So I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew I was going to be my own boss somewhere along the line. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what that industry was going to look like. So uh, my parents, one day we were talking about social media, which is natural for sociologists. So we did a lot of our studies in college and stuff on, you know, social media and the impact it is on the cultures. And my parents are like, hey, you know, this, there's this Facebook thing. And I'm like, yeah, it's Facebook, mom. You know, and she's like, well, can, can you give us a Facebook page? Sure. And for, is this, this is for your parents? Yeah. Business. So my, they're two small businesses. So before I knew it, I was managing like 10 small business pages for all sorts of people around the community. Nice. And it just kind of landed in my lap. So then uh, one day I got introduced to this gentleman named Andy Barrett. And he probably, you know, my parents and the hierarchy of impact. And then there's Andy. Yeah. You know. He's right below my parents and Andy, uh, he, he ran this, it was, still does. It's called the toolbox. Yep. So him and Tom Simpson co-founded as kind of this incubator in the manufacturing world. Right. Yep. And he knew he had all these little small businesses that couldn't afford marketing. So along comes me, we get introduced and I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll start managing pages, start branding. And that's kind of how I got into that marketing, branding, storytelling world. So how long ago is this? How, when, when did that start? Five years ago. Oh, nice. So it's yeah. been quite a while. Now. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I, I, I did that for a bit. Uh, it's like a year, a couple of years or something off and on just kind of when they needed it. And uh, before I knew it, I was, was kind of good at it. I just, it just kind of fell in my lap. Right. So small business storytelling, managing social media, kind of bootstrapped it from there. And at, when I was at the toolbox, I got introduced to all these different entrepreneurs. Right. And then all these mentorships and influencers and VC capital, all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, dude, there's a lot of similarities that these guys have, right? They might've got to their paths differently, but there's certain pillars to success, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so I'm, I'm diving in all these different businesses. And then, you know, my dad calls me one day and is like, hey, I want to I want to get more golf lessons in in Phoenix. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, he, he goes in there in the winter and he wanted to have more golf lessons. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever. So I start researching, you know, golf teaching, coaching on YouTube, social media, kind of my realm and I'm like, dude, one night is like 1 a.m. Like, dude, rather than monetize golf, t- like my dad can only book so many lessons. Sure. I'm like, why don't we take his philosophies that he lives his life by, he's taught for 30 years, turn that into a brand? Because yeah. that's that's what gravitates me. And so I wanted to be a disruptor in the golf world. And that's how it started was I literally was going to create this kind of digital profile for my dad to book more golf lessons. That's and before awesome. we knew it, it turned into just rip at golf. Right? Yeah. So we just took his philosophies 
and built it around a little logo. Yeah. And I was like, this is what it stands for. And I was like, it might work, might not work. And I could tell you, our, so our, this is our third year selling. Our first year, uh, I wrote down $5,000. If I can sell $5,000 worth of t-shirts and polos, I probably have something. Yeah. And, you know, we did way more than that. And I'm like, oh, whoa. This like, could be really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yep. That's super awesome. How, how long was your dad? Your dad's been a golf pro for a long time. Yeah, I think 91 was his first year. Oh, wow. And that's all been up north, or does he travel around quite a bit? How does I, I mean, I know, yeah. you know, for somebody that knows nothing about golf, how does it right. work? It's kind of like consulting, kind of, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah, so it's like kind of like a journeyman to like an apprentice, right? Okay. So he, he actually has a pretty cool story. It's been an influential one for, you know, me especially. So he lived in Colville, which is an hour and a half drive. And mm-hmm. He fell in love with the game of golf later. I think he was about 26 when he really kind of got introduced to it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I really love this game, you know, and there's this thing called being a pro. I think I'm interested in that. And and so he just took a risk, man. He just did what most entrepreneurs do. He had a goal, set the way to get to the goal and just started executing. And that led to Spokane. So he would drive and open the pro shops at like, you know, 6 a.m. Oh he would gosh. leave Kettle, you know, at 4.30. And he would do yeah. this four or five times a week and drive back and forth every day. That's crazy. And he did it for four years because you have to put in time, right? And you got to mm-hmm. take the courses. You got to put in the time. You got to learn how to play the game. But you got to put in those real hard pro shop hours of being an assistant pro. So he was an assistant pro all the way throughout the Spokane area. And really, he didn't want to move his family here. He, his roots were in Kettle, Cobble area. So he kept us up there while he was just grinding, man. And So when when you're a golf pro, do you go to, is it like, are you at different courses or how does that? How yeah. Does, okay. yeah. So it's it's up to you, really. Uh, it, you can stay at one course, but really it just goes by hours, right? So you got to put in so many hours, you got to pass so many tests, and you got to go through Q, Q school. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you wait for that job to open up. So you've been playing for a long time. Yeah, it's, it's funny because uh, we're in the golf world. Uh, golf was always like that, that thing that I had to do. So I didn't have the most passion for it. You know, I respected it. But you got to remember, I grew my, my older brother. So he's six years older than me. He was the golf prodigy. He, yeah, he's amazing. You know, he shot 59 and has twice. He, sh- he has two course records. Like that's crazy. He's a great player and he was the real golfer. So my brother, my little brother and I, we played all three sports. So we played golf, basketball, and football. And we focused and gravitated more towards golf or so, sorry, towards basketball and football. And so mm-hmm. golf was always kind of the last spring sport that we could unwind and play. And it just so happened we grew up on a golf course. So we were really good at it, yeah. but we didn't ever pursue it. You know, it wasn't yeah. something I ever truly wanted to be great at until later on in life. Uh, you know, I was, once I got done playing high school sports, I was like, now what? Like, where's my competitive drive going to take me? And that was really through golf. So that's when we kind of gravitated towards golf. So you do you play for fun now? Or yes, is it lots of fun? Good, I'm probably the funnest golfer you'll play with. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty good. So I, I, I can shoot, you know, I'm, I'm like a like a four handicap. Yeah. And so I'm pretty decent and we just have a blast. Like yeah. I'll, I'll drink beer with you. We can smoke cigars. We yeah. can have fun. Nice. And that's kind of what just rip at golf is about. It's nice. like, let's just hit the stupid little white ball as far as we can and see if we can hit it over some trees and some water. Yeah. So talk, talk about the message behind just rip it a little bit. So that's yeah. actually pretty, pretty interesting. It is kind of a lifestyle brand. It's right. a golf lifestyle brand, not, not the uptight, version of it, you know, where exactly. you're going out on the, on the course with a, t- with a tie on, but you're actually, you know, living the life and, and casual and having fun out kind of doing that kind of thing. Yeah. So that was the original idea. My dad always had this slogan, uh, just 
just be an athlete, right? Just, just hit the ball, like mm-hmm. quit thinking about all this crazy stuff and just hit the ball. So he was always talking about go out and have fun. That's what he'd always tell us. He wasn't the guy that would slap us on the back and go, you know, go shoot your lowest score you could possibly do, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was more of go out and have fun, go outside, have fun, enjoy the good sunshine, have fun with your friends. That's hit awesome. And so that was kind of one of those messages that we built into just rip. It is, you know, growing up on the golf course at a unique perspective, right? So I'm like, man, you know, a lot more people would probably play this game if they didn't have some old guy yelling at them yeah. for accidentally hitting it in the wrong fairway when we weren't trying to hit it in the fairway. We we're trying to actually hit it in our fairway, but sorry, I only get out five times a year. Sure. So you're going to yell at me for hitting in the wrong fairway. Right. Trust me, I'd want to hit in our fairway and beat my buddy and take his 20 <laughs> bucks for the skin. Right. And so we kind of had that mentality growing up, you know, it, the country club and not all of them are bad, right? Just some of them get some of those reputations and then the reputation almost precedes itself and people buy into the reputation. So we set out on being like, hey, we wanted golf to evolve, but in the right way. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like when we got into the golf branding business, a lot of people were already like turning golf upside down, meaning they were like, hey, this country club stuff sucks. Like we're going to wear jeans and we're going to do that. And it was yep. almost just like the rebellious streak. Right. Yep. And yes, we love some of that for sure. But being the son of a golf pro and he and he's a co-founder my dad is he there's certain things you want to uphold in golf because there's traditions and like anything there's good traditions and bad traditions so we basically just whiteboarded the good traditions and the stuff that we liked and then we whiteboarded a lot of the dumb stuff we're like man if golf doesn't evolve dude like it's not going to be looking good yeah and you know some of those i can just name right off top of the bat like like jeans on a public course, who cares? Let them wear jeans. Jeans right. are fine everywhere else in the world, except for on a golf course, right? right? And then music, especially. Everywhere else, every sport plays music to hype people up and get them into it. And then in golf, if you have music on a range, when you're putting, when you're practicing, when you're playing with your buddies and drinking and smoking, yeah, people will come out there and be like, turn your music down. Yeah, You know, and it's like, it's music. It's, <laughs> it invokes good things. Like, Especially for golf courses, I'm like, do you want to sell more beer? Yeah, totally. Exactly. Like, like do you want to make see, you more got money? A, you got a bar car that's following <laughs> you around to every single hole, yeah. but you're not allowed to hang out and have fun kind of a deal. Yeah. It is kind of weird. Yeah. So there are certain things that we knew right away we wanted to like be like, hey, we're not like the stuffy golf. Yeah. That's awesome. I think probably generational wise, it's a good time for that. I yeah. mean, obviously, millennial generation getting older, finding things that are interesting about that. Some of this, you know, historic sport um, for me, not growing up in golf at all. I mean, my brother, you know, just out of high school, we'd go, um, we go to Indian Canyon and hit a couple buckets of balls. Yeah. And that was the, ex- you know, I had a three wood. That's all I had. And it was, that was the extent of my golf experience. And then, you know, a little bit older, I'd go out professionally. Obviously I run into people that play golf all the time. Um, I have a really good friend over in Coeur d'Alene, Jason Kimmel, who's a great golfer, mm-hmm. uh, really, really good golfer. Um, and you know, I've gone out and played with him once and it was me and a bunch of our buddies and I'm, you know, three sheets of the wind just tanked good time. I think as I've gotten older, I've kind of realized what, it, how enjoyable it is just to get out and walk and be outside and be doing this stuff with your friends. And now Michael and I, who's kind of the lead dev at, at, uh, limelight, we've gone out a couple times, super enjoyable, super fun. I think as the current generation gets a little bit older and realizes that it's not a snooty stuffed up version of whatever mm-hmm. sport it used to be. Um, there's still that history. So there's still that legacy and, and things that are important. Um, but I think it's definitely interesting. So it's probably a good time for you guys. So yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so t- talk a little bit about what, you know, what, what are the products that just rip it? What, what's the business? Tell me about the business. Yeah. Itself. So right now we're just in soft goods. So we have, we have hats, polos, uh, we have leather, handmade crafted leather out of Bend, Oregon, which is pretty exciting for us. Oh, nice. We have people that cut and sew and stitch our own, uh, headgear. So we had have covers and all sorts of stuff. 
stuff. But really, we focus on primarily polos and hats right now. We just introduced uh, belts this this year. Actually, this month, the new belts are coming out. So we're slowly growing. But like a lot of our stuff, we we guarantee most of our stuff, what we call the 19th hole guarantee. We'll guarantee it for a year, man. Mm-hmm. Like if it's like if you're not happy with it within a year, we'll, we'll hook you up. We'll That's back awesome. you up because yeah. we put that much, you know, into the wear test before we introduce anything to the market. We want to make sure stuff is solid. That's super awesome. Are you guys selling just on a, your website? Are you doing on Amazon? What are your, what are your channels? Yeah, for? So, uh, e-commerce. So we obviously, so we're, we're social media approved, meaning like Facebook, Instagram approved, which we're pretty proud actually, cause it's kind of hard to get Instagram approved to be able to have products on there. So yeah. we're pretty excited to have that. Uh, and then just through our, uh, through our site on e-commerce. So just rip And then we actually don't do any retailers where what we call greenies. Mm-hmm. So in the golf world, uh, greenies means anyone that actually is attached to a course and we won't. So like Dick sporting goods and a lot of these retailers, no, nothing against them. I've, I've worked sure. retail for many, many years. We like, cause my dad's a class A pro, we like being on the greenies. Sure. So if you, we, we will carry stuff with you as long as you have a golf course. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super, super cool. So as far as like manufacturing that kind of stuff, has, has there, has there been any difficulties, um, getting product and getting that stuff kind of put together? How have you gone through going down that path? Cause you did talk a little bit about, you know, your first year of sales, you put this kind of marker where you wanted to be or what your goal was financially. Right and you beat that marker, has it been similar over the last couple of years? Yeah. Yeah. And so like anything, there's a lot of growing pains, man. And you just learn with them, right? As entrepreneurs, I feel like everyone's got a dream, but the more I'm around successful people, they're like, cool. It's a cool dream. It's a cool idea. They're worth nothing. It's, you just got to execute. Yeah. Right? And yeah, so execution is it. We're, we're, we're in the execute stage for sure. And, and every time I feel like, especially for us, uh, the, the first year, you know, your first hand, you're, you're coming out party. People are excited for you. Right. They're like, Oh, that's, that's cool. That's yeah. a cool idea. And then when we got product to market, people are like really supportive. They're like, Whoa, this is, this is, this is good quality. This is good stuff. What's your next act. And I'm like, we just came out with our first act. And you're like, yeah, what's your next what's act? What's next? Yeah, and you're like, dang, okay, so this is how this is going to go. <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like in successful businesses, the coming out party is great, but do you have the energy and do you have the execution to go to the second and the third and keep the fourth and it. the fifth? Yeah, yeah, and keep ramping up. And that's, you know, we we started out, most of our stuff still made local here in Spokane Valley, which we're very proud of. Nice. And there's someone who took us in early on, helped us develop our gear, uh, you know, and we had to push them with our man, we really had to push them because I've worked retail for, I think it was about six years, uh, with Nike and Under Armour and Adidas. And I, I, I seen the stuff come in. I seen the stuff go out. I seen what sold. I knew what the quality was. So I was around really high quality fabric. So when I first got into this manufacturing, this garment process, so, you know, I, I kind of knew a little bit, not a lot, but I knew a little bit what we wanted. And we had to push the local manufacturer to be like, Hey, this is for retail. Like we want this fabric, we want this cut. And so this, you know, uh, and we had to learn about the difference between plastisol, silicone, mm-hmm. DTG, like all this stuff. The learning, right? all that learning process, pretty deep right. learning process. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and then, um, the more and more we got into it, the more and more complicated. Cause then you want custom, you know, buttons. Now you want your buttons to say, just rip it instead of just be blank. And so then you had to go find a button manufacturer and then you find someone, can they, can they stitch it on there? So as far as the manufacturing process, a lot of it's still made local, but we've had to learn how to grow and scale and get more custom. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty interesting. So what kind of, 
goals for, I mean, a couple different things, you know, you've mentioned a couple different uh, times about, um, you know, lifestyle goals and that kind of thing, not just the brand image with Just Rip It, but for yourself and Just Rip It as a business, what are your, I mean, what are your goals personally with the business and what are your goals financially and long-term with Just Rip It? Yeah, sure. So, uh, financially right now we bootstrapped it. We're still bootstrapped with, you know, we haven't borrowed any debt. Uh, it's just still all organic and we're pretty proud of that. We know. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, I just feel like that's the safest way. I, I've done, uh, I've done enough research and talked to enough people to know once, once you start borrowing money, it's just a whole new facet that you have to worry about. Right. And yep. it, which makes sense. Sure. And, uh, you just hope you have good VC guys to back you that bring more than just money and have mentorship is our goal. Sure. But right now we're we're bootstrapped and we're proud of it. And we feel like we'll know when the time to borrow money comes. And that's sure. when those big POs come in, like really big POs. And uh, so we, we're in our third year. This is going to be the fourth year of selling. And we've seen great growth. I mean, the first year was three courses. Second year was like eight courses this year. The third year was 12 courses. This year, we're looking at like 20 courses. So this is the, the when you're talking about early working with greenies, mm-hmm. is that right? So mm-hmm. you partner with a course exactly. to distribute your product. And is that the long-term vision for that? Yeah. Awesome. Yep. That's super cool. We think that's how, that it's, it sticks back to when you whiteboarded it in the original idea with any business, what's your morals, what's your foundation? Sure. And that was one of them was, sure. was we want to stay as green as long as we can because that's true to way we think and that's just woven into our brand nice that's awesome so staff wise is it just you and your folks on this currently yep so it's me uh my older brother my younger brother my mom and my dad awesome that's super super cool yep um so over the last couple of years really the first couple of years of the business what uh what difficult issues have you kind of run into what's been like you know we tried this and it didn't work yeah. or this was a total pain in the ass or whatever what were the what yeah. were the issues that you kind of do you have any things that are like that that yeah you run into yeah yeah there's some good ones uh you know early on we wanted to uh pick we picked out like six courses right there's six courses we either loved respected loved the pro there whatever it was and one of the six courses uh it didn't go so well and it happened to be my very first one and and this you'll, you'll love this story so we won't name the course but uh my dad is a big fan of this golf course and it's it's nationally ranked it's it's a great golf course and Basically, it was like, hey, I, I have this new brand that I helped co-found. Would you guys be interested in carrying? They're like, hell yeah, bring it on in. Let's check nice. it out. Like, yeah, yeah, soft introduction, right? Yeah. You got this. So dad calls me up. Hey, these guys are interested. Let's, let's go down there. Let's uh, let's let's get them, have our gear. And I'm like, oh, sounds great. So I make this three-hour drive down there one way. So it's six hours total. Make this one drive down there super early. And of course, it was like 9 a.m. or something. So I had to leave pretty early. And you get down there and, you know, I've rehearsed my pitch a trillion times. I know what I want. You know, I've ran it with like, you know, the top dogs teaching me how to, you know, create sales pitch and stuff. And Who are you presenting in front of in these in this situation? So, is it like a course? Is there like a course president or some? They're all structured differently. So uh, sometimes it's the pro. Okay. And then sometimes they have, you know, like a merchant buyer, a okay. corporate buyer. Got and it. then sometimes some of these bigger courses, which if you ask me is kind of disappointing, they'll have a corporation management team running it. But they're, they have, a, they're, I mean, they're dealing with this already. So they have some channel that you're going to talk to yes. that they're, that deals with this stuff. Yes. Okay. All the time. It's, okay. it's who they go to for, you know, Nike, Adidas, Travis Matthews, Titleist. They, they buy it from this person, nice. right? They say yes and no. So, uh, we haven't been talking to the pro. So we, so we get there and everything's good. I get there like 20 minutes early and I'm like ready to go and set up all my, you know, I got all my, my hats and I got my t-shirts, I got my, you know, all my gear and I'm all excited and 
the guy comes out and he sits down and right away I was like, uh oh, you just tell it wasn't his day, right? <laughs> it wasn't his day. So he sits down and he goes, who are you? I'm like I'm Andrew with just rip a golf, just rip a what? Just rip a golf. And he's like, what is it? And I'm like, well, you know, it's this, it's this local brand and this is our first year selling and we're going to do things a little differently. And how, how are you going to do things differently? What makes your, <laughs> what makes your shirt different than the other shirts? I'm like, well, you know, they're, they're, they're better quality, to be honest. I said, I, we've done a lot of research and we know what we want. And, uh, you know, I born and raised in a golf world, teamed up with, you know, a golf pro and a great golfer. And we came up with some fabric that we knew we wanted and some messaging that we think you'd be interested in. Well, I, I don't know how it would be any different than anything else. And so he starts going through my product, right? And he's like, well, this looks like a normal t-shirt. This looks like a normal hat. And, oh, he's, he's already, he uh, walked into the room and didn't even oh, want to yeah, talk to you. Dude, yeah. <laughs> and you know, right there I was thinking, okay, well I could just grab my stuff and I could just be like, you know, this, I just don't think this is your day, man. Like yeah. you, you're not who we're looking for. And I'm like, you know what? No, that, that would be too easy. Let's learn something. So mm-hmm. I just look at him. I'm like, well, it's pretty clear you don't want to be here. He's like, what? And I'm like, it's cool, dude. Like, it's pretty cool you don't want to be here. And he's like, well, yeah, you know, I, I've had a pretty rough morning. And, yeah. You know, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. I go, but honestly, here's the deal. I said, we're local. You guys are all about experience, right? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, if you guys want your guests to have the best experiences, they can buy all the same brands all the way across the country. You'll look like all the rest of the courses. Or you can have this unique brand that will take a unique angle with unique branding. It'll tell your story and they'll tell when people ask, what's that logo mean? Oh, I bought it at so-and-so golf course. Right. Oh, well, you know what? There's this person that you could probably get in contact with. I can't make this decision, but this is person. I'll, I'll pass it along actually. And so he starts going back through my gear and he's like, it's actually pretty good stuff. man." <laughs> nice. and, and so it's like, all right, cool. And he was like, but yeah, I, I just don't think we're, we're interested. And I'm like, all right. And so I said, you know, thanks for your time. Yeah. And we parted our ways. And, you know, I, I remember getting in my truck and I was like, well, that's probably the worst meeting I'll ever have to go. And it happened to be my first one. Oh, you'll, you'll run into others. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So that's well. rock bottom so yeah. far. I've never had a meeting go that bad before. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's only up from here. Right. And I feel like that's that entrepreneur mentality. Most people probably would have got gun shy. Right. And been yeah. like, you know, he's right. You yeah. Know, it's not different and i was like you know what he's wrong it's hard to change your mentality so especially when you're going and selling your product everybody Mm -hmm. is their own fan right so you love your own stuff i love my own stuff that's just how it works um and when somebody knocks you down when you're first coming into the room and you feel like you're bringing this awesome thing to them whatever it happens to be and they kind of knock you down out of the gate because they're having a shitty day or whatever the situation happens to be um it's hard it is kind of hard to change your mentality and recover from that but that's an awesome perspective to just take it as like hey not a big deal the guy's not into it right now or whatever it happens to be how can i proceed how can i move forward on that kind of stuff so um that's awesome i've been in a bunch of situations um you know in the software industry where i walk in i've had a warm intro from someone um to you know a, a potential client you know i walk in with all of these thoughts i do a lot of research up front um to try to i guess um seed the conversation in my head about what I think, you know, what the problems that I think we're going to have to solve, what I think this customer is having to deal with and how we're going to have to navigate around. And sometimes you walk in and they're just, why are you here? What's the context? Yeah. I'm not into it, whatever. <laughs> and it's like, there's, there's nothing you can really do about it, but it is, is pretty important to not let it bum you out and just be like, Hey, it's not a fit right now. Not a big deal. I'm going to move on to the next one or whatever. So yeah, that's, and super that's cool. Yeah, you you have a choice to make, I feel like. And it was like, yeah, I can learn something from this. I can go home and pout, whatever it may be. But I can tell you this. It was the motivation. It's still the fire in my belly. Like, there's been a lot of people that doubt you through life, right? 
But those things are very, very important because I read, you know, if I'm like, man, I'm pretty tired today, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go do this. You know, I will think back to that meeting and I'm like, you know what, that guy said I couldn't do it. So, you know, I'm going to, even if it's one person, it's almost this fake, you know, you look at competitive athletes, it's this almost this fake persona they create. Michael Jordan's famous for it. Kobe Bryant's famous for it. That's what kept on going. They would create fake doubters and yeah. make them real and be like, that guy doesn't think I can do it. And they're like, no, I never said you couldn't do it. And they're like, you did though. Yeah. And it's just that persona to c- keep competing. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a super important attitude to have, I think, as you move forward. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so what, you know, over the course of the last three years, what has been kind of your most, what are you most proud of as far as the success goes with the business? Yeah. yeah. Um, what's um, been kind of that key moment where you're like, oh man, it's super cool that we hit this metric, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not a big, uh, toot my horn guy, you know, I'm the middle kid. So most middle kids don't sure. have the the bravado, right? Uh, so I think the metric for me was when, there's a couple of times, but I read this book back in the day and uh, it's basically saying when somebody else comes and tells you the story of your business and they don't know you're attached to the business, that's when you probably have something. So I can tell you, I remember the day when uh, I was playing a golf course, uh, not even around here. And this guy comes up to me and goes, hey, you're wearing a Just Rip It hat. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, dude, I follow him on Instagram. They're super cool. And, I, and I'm like, okay, do I tell him, you know, I, I kind of co-founded it. I'm like, nah, I'm just, I'm just a consumer. So I'm like, yeah, man, it, they are pretty cool. And he's like, I just love how they have this fresh perspective on the game and they just want to rip it, man. Like that's that's all we, me and my buddies, we come out here, we drink beer and we just want to hit the stupid ball far. And so I'm he like, was getting the message already. Yeah, he nice. knew it. He was pitching me. Nice. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like people get it. And so uh, for me, that's the proudest moments is when other people start telling me. And and since then, so like in this year, especially this past season, I felt like Just Rip It took on its own persona. I didn't have to tell people the stories anymore about what it is. People came to me and told me their version of what it is. Sure. And that for me was a big hurdle because I'm like, dude, that's storytelling. Like, that's what I want to do. And in the end, when people are like, oh, well, what did Andrew do? And they're like, he's a great branding and great storyteller. Like, that's, he connected with people. And that's yeah. what I want to, you know, just rip its legacy to be is we're the storytellers of golf, man. Like, we just put our chips in and we just went for it. And that's what I want people to think of just rip it as. And that's what it's become is people, uh, especially this past month, I went to the Spokane Golf Show and they said, and super people, uh, ton of people come to me and say, Hey, just rip it. Golf is awesome. But you know, it stands for more than just hitting the ball far. We, we want to go for it. And because a lot of our branding has recently t- switched to that, like it's more than just the game of golf. It's the lifestyle. Like you said, so we want to be the brand that encourages people to go for it. If you have a dream, do it. If you want to build a coffee shop, do it. Like that's awesome. just go for it. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's super awesome. It's funny because, um, so I don't, I don't know you've, you know, for a long window of time, just, yeah. you know, a couple months basically or whatever, but we were sitting, um, at the SYP event, yeah. um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I mentioned that I thought it was kind of interesting cause I ran into, I was out at sports creel, which is a ski shop out mm-hmm. in the Valley. Um, and the, the guys, one of the owners was helping me get, you know, get some more gear for the kids or whatever. And he was wearing the, he's had a JRI shirt on <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, where have I seen that? Where have I seen that? And it was, this was after, you know, I'd, kn- I'd known of you or whatever. And yeah. I, you know, we talked a couple of times or whatever. And I was like, holy shit, that's, that's <laughs> Andrew's thing. That's freaking awesome. It was super, super cool. But, uh, anyway, that's gotta be a good, uh, uh, a good feeling when you get the message coming the other direction, when you're not spouting, but you see it from another side and yeah. you kind of get that coming the other side. So. Um, that's awesome. That's super cool. Uh, so what about like uh, on distribution? We talked a little bit about where you're selling. So you guys are doing it on your own website. Mm-hmm. 
What are you guys using? I'm going to get into kind of my side of the business side yeah. of things. And that is, I mean, technology, are you guys using, what are you using for all your e-commerce stuff and that kind of a thing? Did you set something up or are you using Shopify or using yep. what, what, how do you, how you work in that? Sure. Sure. So, uh, you know, me coming from the social media world, I, I was familiar with social platforms. So that was, that was a breeze, right? Set everything up. I knew how to integrate everything, which wasn't a breeze was the e-commerce side. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, you know, VAT taxes. Sure. I, didn't, I didn't know about this stuff, man. So I had to do a lot of YouTube. I had to do a lot of reading. And basically, we just went with the drop and build with Shopify. It nice. was the easiest thing for us at the time. The rates made sense because we knew we weren't doing, you know, going to be doing so much to where like, I think, what is it, 2.6% or something they collect yep. off cards. So yep. we knew that wasn't going to be a big factor. But what we liked is it gave us a way of feeling protected online. And so it had that barrier of like, hey, if these guys are saying it's okay to collect cards online, we can do that. Yeah. And so we felt like the drop and build was easiest for us. Um, there's been limitations where I would love a custom, like, so example, I, I love a lot of the animations that you see that are custom that are like, Hey, you've sold, you know, your 708th slacker polo. Sure. I like that feel. And I like the custom feel a lot more, but for us just in the beginning, it's easier to just go Shopify. Shopify is a good product. I mean, we have a lot of customers that actually do work on Shopify. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, you turn it on, you spin it up, you set some theming, you yeah. add your product, you do all that kind of stuff, and it's actually pretty straightforward. Um, Magento is another big one. So Magento, mm-hmm. they have a commercial product that's a hosted product that you can do your own customization and and plugins and that kind of thing. And they have an open source version that's kind of half of their enterprise product. And we've been involved with a couple of clients that use that kind okay. of stuff. But um, I've actually been super impressed with just the simplicity. I mean, when technology is not your main business, you're worried about getting your product out the door, making it easy for your customers and getting it, you know, getting it out there. Shopify is a great product, great solution for that stuff. So um, that's pretty awesome. What about like shipping and that kind of a thing? How do you guys deal with how do you guys deal with that? Yeah, so Shopify has a feature, a plugin that you basically can download. Uh, I think you can spend up to 20 bucks a month or something for sure. it. Uh, we don't drop ship, though. I'll tell you that. We, we don't do drop shipping. Sure. Maybe if you we scaled to where we're just doing so much more on e-commerce, I get drop shipping makes sense. But there is something still traditional about my attitude to where I like to see the product being you know ni- nicely packaged, yeah. right? And then, you know, so we do this cool thing. We handwrite every note. That's awesome. Yeah. So every product we sell, we'll handwrite on it. And it we, comes with a thank you card and all that. But it will literally, we'll look at it and say, your name's David. I'll go look you up. I'll see what you do. I'll do a little research on you and be like, cool. Thanks, David. Like, I really appreciate it, man. I hope you, you know, keep killing it in whatever you're doing. Yeah, that's super, super yeah. awesome. That's actually interesting. I think over the last couple of years, there are a lot of um, kind of high-end boutique level products. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like, you know, you guys are trying to build a really high-quality um, a high quality product attached to a brand message that is kind of go for it, do your thing, that kind of a thing. And that personalization that you send out, um, you know, with every product, that's actually super, super cool. Yeah. I think there's a lot more of that. And I think you probably have the option to charge a premium for that. I mean, you have, you have the ability to, to basically make some money off of what you're doing, um, that kind of thing. So, um, that's pretty cool. That's super, super, uh, super interesting. Um, okay. So on, uh, on uh, um, technology stuff, do you uh, are you an Apple or an Android guy? Apple, you're an Apple guy. Oh uh, yeah, I'm an Apple guy. All the way across the board, or what do you, do you what do you use for your main machine? All the way across the board, man. Nice. Um, the prices drive me nuts. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm like, damn, is yeah. it worth it? And yeah. then and then so this is a great example. So uh, when I was first getting into video building, uh, which I'm still not great at, I've, I've just learned to surround yourself with people who are great at it. Sure. That's, <laughs> so, that's the way to do it. Dude. Yeah. So uh, when I was first getting into it, though, and learning, uh, you know, InDesign and Illustrator and, you know, the Adobe Suite, 
I got tricked into from a couple YouTubers basically being like, it does the same thing. It runs better on PC, all this stuff. And it was just the little things, man. So I go and buy this PC and it drives me nuts. Yeah. Like I cannot stand it. Like I just, just little things about it where I'm like, you know, airdrop, for example. Sure. I can't use airdrop and I'm like, come on, you yeah. know, I got, I got to use like Dropbox, you know, even that yeah. little, it's, it's like the littlest thing, but that's yeah. that integration that Apple has built out that I'm like, yeah, they, they got me, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've talked I mean, we're in the technology industry, so we see all the platforms, mm-hmm. lots in the Linux desktop, but you know, that's kind of um, doing a lot better lately. Um, obviously Windows world, we're a Mac shop. So we're, we're hardcore on the Apple side of things. And it is, um, sometimes we get a lot of flack from different technologists because mm-hmm. they're all about, you know, use the solution that's, um, you know, like Linux, that's the most amazing, whatever that we can mm-hmm. do anything with, but there's a lot to be said for the consolidation and that whole ecosystem just mm-hmm. makes it super, super easy. So it's interesting, you know, from a small business perspective to hear like, you know, you're using it because it just does the job for you and it does it really well. And there's a lot of little tiny things that all add up to be, a, you know, a big, a, a lot of things in mm-hmm. there. So, um, what's your favorite, uh, tech tool, um, either home or work, like, uh, t- just a technology. Is it, you know, software on your phone, a tool that you're using for scheduling, yeah. um, Shopify, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. I would say, uh, you, I, I gotta g- give it to Apple again. It's gotta be my phone. Yeah. Uh, it blows me away. The things I could do on my phone. Yeah. Because I, I'm 30. So like, I still remember, you know, dial up internet. So I was like, right That's on. That's hilarious because I'm 45. <laughs> dial up internet was like five years ago for me. It feels <laughs> yeah. like, but yeah, I, st- I, I went through the technology revolution. You know, yeah. I, I still remember having to unplug, you know, the, the dial in order to make the phone work. And sure. you knew someone, you know, was on yeah. the internet cause your phone wouldn't work. I, I remember all that. So it still blows my mind that I can get on my phone and design a quick sketch using like Adobe Spark. Yeah. I can use a quick, you know, I can design this cool little product real quick, send it off to somebody um, using Dropbox. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, it works. We can put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. And I'm like, I did that for my phone. It is pretty crazy. What I mean, it's, I think it's merging. So I remember, I guess most recent, um, probably 90, 97, 98 was the first phone that I had that had what was then packet radio. So I could send an email and it was mm-hmm. an old school Qualcomm um, and it was all kind of a t- t- shitty text interface, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was horrible. It took you like 20 minutes to write out an email that was, well, was a one liner that could go somewhere. <laughs> but, you know, looking at like the 20 years of history and what you can do from your phone now, I mean, it's not desktop mostly just because it's, you know, the size of the display isn't there, but man, you can do a whole lot of work from your phone. And that is super, super impressive. So, um, that's awesome. Uh, what are you, uh, what are you drinking? What's your, uh, what's your favorite beverage? Oh, no lie. I'm a no lie beer guy, local brewery. IPAs uh, or? Uh, a little bit of everything. I like Ambers the most, honestly. Nice. Yeah. I like Mac. If you got Mac and Jack's on tap, I won't be uh, mad. Lo- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mac and Jack's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like Mac and Jack's, but a lot of no lie, uh, it, it, I feel like it started out as just a local thing to where I'm like, I'm going to support the local breweries. But honestly, I feel like Spokane has really upped their beer quality to yeah. where I'm like, dude, like no lie, like I, I'll pay $11 to drink a six pack of no lie because it's good. Ad. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Big Juicy is like one of my favorites. Yeah. Yep. It's really, really good. Um, and you get, you know, there's lots of actually places that have that stuff on tap now. So that's awesome. I'm a bourbon guy, but I definitely, that's uh, a flip between bourbon and, and, uh, <laughs> um, uh, IPA, so yep. wherever that comes in, so that's awesome. Uh, do you have any? Are you? Uh, do you listen to books, podcasts? You how do, how do you kind of suck in? What's your what's your way for consuming media yeah. for you know yeah. learning and that kind of thing? Yeah, I have to throw this back to. Uh, I remember there was a time I was probably like twenty three, 
And I realized that most successful people became seekers of knowledge. They're just curious by nature all the time. And then they would re-engineer how that person was successful. They would see the patterns of success and just know they have to execute all the way back to be successful. Right. So early on, I was a podcast guy really early on. I made a choice when I was about 23 to be like, okay, you can either talk about it or you can do it. And I knew it started with baby steps. So it started out. I didn't go out with my friends anymore. I became less social as far as just, removing all that shit from my life right mm-hmm. and i quit drinking as much as far as going out to bars partying clubbing all that sure. stupid stuff so i made a decision to become a seeker of knowledge i surrounded myself with a social network that people i wanted to be and so it just so happened that andy barrett came into my life about that yeah. time you know tom simpson a lot of these people that i really respected i'm like okay if i want to be like them i gotta start acting like them yeah they're probably not going out to the bars you know, every, well, sometimes they are. Yeah. I know, I know Andy and Tom, <laughs> yeah. but, but every yeah. once in a while, right, right. but you see how much, you know, time matters to them. So I feel like with those guys, when they become as successful and as knowledgeable they are, and even yourself, you guys are probably finding out ways to buy back time. Yep. How, how can I get time back to be more productive in my day? So podcast was early on a big thing for me and I still use it as my entertainment side. I'll listen to like the herd by Colin Cowherd. He's from Eastern Washington one of the biggest sportcasters in the nation, right? Uh, and then I'll turn around and listen to something like VaynerMedia Experience, so mm-hmm. Gary Vee and a yep. lot of these. And then I'll turn around and listen to, like, Stuff You Should Know, uh, just for kind of just, yep. like, mindless stuff to listen to Chuck and – is it Josh? The two, the two guys. That's the yeah. one from uh, um, uh, How You Build It or what? what is the yeah. name? That's the same, yeah. the same yeah. association, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I listen yep. to that one as well. And so I listen to a lot of podcasts. And then uh, when Audible came out and really started getting – the early on the interface was bad man so it was it was hard for me to really adapt to it and then apple was charging like 20 dollars for a book and i'm like yeah i know so once audible really got going a few years ago i feel like i I really switched over to audible and i listened to a lot of a lot of books but i can tell you this i do wish i could read more yeah i really do but i i run into the problem if i I sit down to read right I, i open up a great book i'll read it but like three pages into it i i start seeing all the things that i have to do right now that are like you know burning fires and i'm like close the book i'm like okay i gotta get that stuff done i just can't focus on a book so audible has been the way i can consume something at least i don't retain nearly as much information but i feel like i listen to the same book three times and i'll finally kind of get it yeah that i'm completely the same way so i used to be a big reader a long mm-hmm. time ago when i had lots of time lots of extra time and to sit on the couch and veg out or whatever <laughs> yeah. and the thing about consuming media so this is interesting to me too is the i'll talk about this in a minute but the difference between generations about how I think current generations consume YouTube and video a lot more than I do. So I'm, I'm very much, I, I get, it it is a time suck. So Mm -hmm. everything is a time suck. So I can listen to audible books, which I, I listen to a ton of audible books, um, on, uh, on audible and, um, podcasts as well. Those are big for me, um, because I can pick and choose my media. I can get 15 minutes in on the drive to work after I drop the kids off. I can, you know, down to the office, I get another 10 minutes in. Um, back and forth. So I can actually get up in during the day and I can be doing dishes at home, whatever. And I can do two things at once because you're sucked up. You have so much crap going on. It's just insane. And I don't really have focused time to do that on videos just because there's so much shit going on all the time. So, um, but w- one of the things that I think is interesting. So I was having this conversation with Connor, um, our, you know, our guy, sales guy upstairs at, at uh, Limelight. So Connor he, I don't know, he's in his 20s, mid to late 20s, yeah, something he's like, like 20, yeah, 28. Yeah, so and and Levi's the same way, he's another one of our developers in the shop upstairs. They are big, they the way they listen to things 
is also via YouTube. So they'll put YouTube on to listen to it while they're in their car. And they also, like, their default go-to is a YouTube video for everything. <laughs> My default go-to is I want to see who's talking about it, and I want to go listen to it, basically, because <laughs> yeah. I can get that little, you know, 15-minute window in. And they're like, oh, you know, we're talking about the podcast. And they're like, are you going to do YouTube videos also? I'm like, I don't ha- I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, do you guys, is that how you guys are listening to it? That seems kind of weird to me, but whatever. So, um, yeah, that's super, super interesting. No, but, so we, we uh, one of the, one of my buddies, James, he, same thing. He's uh, 20, he's 24. And he will edit videos, right? He'll listen to audio. He'll put their timelines together and everything. But he will always on the other monitor have YouTube playing in the background. Yeah. And he uses it as an audible source. Like he, he just listens to it. And then he can literally listen to audible while he's doing something like a timeline on a video. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. But that's super yeah, weird. I'm, I feel like I'm just too old for YouTube to where I'm like you. I, I'll choose to listen to a podcast or Audible. I won't play YouTube. I go to YouTube yeah. if I need to know something. Right. If God, you want to learn something, yeah. I'll go do YouTube. And I do yeah. the same thing. You know, if I want to learn something specific, I'll go watch a 15 minute YouTube yeah. video or whatever. But my regular day to day thing is just sucking it up in the ears. So uh, that's crazy. Um, awesome. So how how can uh, how can people reach you? How do you people contact you if they have questions about Just Rip It or some of the other stuff you're doing? Yeah. So you can always reach us through JustRipItGolf.com. Uh, we're big on all of our so- social platforms. Just Rip It Golf on any social platform, basically. Even TikTok. We just got on TikTok. Nice. Yeah. Even TikTok. Uh, <laughs> so you guys are doing 14 year old girl videos now. Yeah. Uh, little dance stuff. moves. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So we we it's funny because you can use all these platforms are different. But real quick on TikTok, we we decided to get in TikTok because we like the beer drinking side as well, and that. That's the platform you can use that. So a lot of our videos on TikTok are just people drinking a beer and then trying to hit a golf ball as far as they can. Really? Yeah. Oh, awesome. That's kind of cool. I might have to go check that out. Yeah. It's video though. I can't, it yeah. won't make any sense. I won't, <laughs> yeah. I won't get anything out of it. So are you guys on Twitter? Uh, Not so much. We are on Twitter, but not very active because it's just kind of. It seems like. It's Twitter. If it's, yeah. Twi- so for me, twi- twi- like from our side, it seems like Twitter is, there's a lot of technology enthusiasts there. So software companies, that kind of stuff. Because we're getting news from um, different vendors and that kind of thing. It's the quick su- uh, method for getting support. It's less of, uh, I think, a social network. It's not like that. So it's definitely a different audience. So I think that's interesting um, just from that perspective. But um, awesome. Is there anything else you want to add? Anything else you can think of? Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, we could talk all day. A couple of things would just be like really just for entrepreneurs that want to reach out. Just, you know, there's a difference between talking and executing. Sure. So just uh, how bad do you want it? Yep. is really what it came down to for me and my family, really. we, How about did I want it, man? So you never know the path you're going to take. Just keep putting yourself outside the comfort zone. Yep, totally. Keep, keep putting the goals out there. Don't keep them internal. Write them down. Make them, make them known to the world, right? And then learn how to execute. And if you get lost along the way, reach out and surround yourself with a good community, a good tribe, because that tribe will, will help you when you need them. Yeah, it's interesting because there, we're all... Um, you know, I've said this before in a couple of the early shows, and that's kind of the whole point of the show. Um, small business owners in general, I mean, I've been doing, you know, I've worked on Limelight for 20 years, but um, have a bunch of different um, uh, things that I'm working on, you know, some other uh, entities that we're working with as well. Every single time that you start off, you're relearning that whole process. And there's no instruction manual because every single time it's going to be very, very specific to what you're doing. Um, and you can probably get, like, you can get a lot of help out of somebody else that's run an e-commerce platform for that one little thing. Or somebody else is involved in the in the golf industry for that one mm-hmm. little thing. But mixing it all together to get your specific message out there is up to you to figure out. So you just got to pull from all these different sources. And the cool thing that I found in the small business community is um, so many people are super willing to help 
like a, a vast mm-hmm. majority are super willing to help and tell you what they know and give you pointers and go this this direction or the other direction. They're happy to do that. All you got to do is ask and just, you know, have the nuts to just go say, hey, I what, can I learn about what you're doing? Or can I, you know, sit with you for five minutes and whatever? Um, most, the vast, vast majority of people that I talk to are super willing to help. Tom, Tom and Andy are, you know, yeah. um, really good examples of that. Um, those guys are super busy. They've got all kinds of things going on themselves. Um, you know, they're kind of natural entrepreneurs. So it's, um, but they're always willing to just kind of sit and have a conversation for a couple minutes. So um, that's awesome. That's super, super awesome. Yeah, that's part of the part that Spokane so unique with our entrepreneurship. You know this as well as I do. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, and th- through the experience, you know, you don't know what the path you're going to take. But, you know, like for me, example, with Just Rip It, we just kind of spun off and, you know, I'm doing consulting now with other brands as well or other businesses. Sure. So people like Ignite Northwest and stuff, I get to go around and help them with branding and making videos and do all this cool stuff. So it's funny because I never thought I'd be in the video production side, but because I had to in order for Just Rip to succeed, it kind of just happened. You right? learned it. You and, learned the skills. And you run into something. Yeah. yeah, that needs yeah. It. That's yeah. super, super cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for, for being on the show, man. I'm going to uh, probably yeah, reach out here and uh, I want to hear about kind of how you guys do this year. So yeah, man, uh, we'll talk again. Yeah. Appreciate it. Sweet. Thanks, dude. Thanks, dude. As always, thanks for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed the show and you'd like to hear more about small business and technology, uh, please subscribe. Uh, you can do so at bootstrap.fm front slash subscribe and throw out a rating for us on iTunes uh, because that's always important to uh, get some reviews up for us. Um, if we do want to hear from entrepreneurs of all types, so um We're leaning a little bit towards the technology-related business, but if you think you have a good story to tell, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us at bootstrap.fm front slash contact. And if you have software consulting help or needs or uh, need somebody to help your business um, as a seasoned CTO, you can reach out to me at at Rob Martinson on Twitter um, or uh, at the business at limelight.com, L-I-M-E-L-Y-T-E.com.